John 5. I want to look at John 5. John 5. My plan was to read all to read nine verses, but I'm going to start at verse five. Start, start at verse five through verse nine. We'll get the main crux over here. John five, verse five through nine. You have to say amen. All right. Says this. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, "Do you want to be made well?" The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was a Sabbath. And that day was the Sabbath. So again, verse 6, Jesus asked the man, Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? So I'm using today for a subject. If you want it, you can have it. If you want it, you can have it. Tell your neighbor, if you want it, you can have it. Thank you, Father, today for giving us your word. I pray, Father, that you anoint me in these lips of clay to speak forth your word with all the vigor and all the energy that you've provided by the spirit of the living God. I pray, Father, your people have ears to see, ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to receive that which I shall speak. And I pray, Father, that, Lord, your word will flow like a mighty river in this place from heaven's throne through me right to the hearts of your people. Think of that by the Holy Ghost, Father. You're able to have me speak one word and you can give your people various, various applications in their lives. And I pray that your people will, in fact, apply the word of God to their lives today that we may receive the fruit of this word. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 All right, take your seats today in the house of God. Hallelujah. If you want it, you can have it. Now, we've been talking about this uh, area for the last few weeks, yielding to God's plan. Remember that? Yes, sir. Yielding to God's plan. And we looked at Jeremiah 29, uh, verse 11, from, and I want to look at in the, in the NIV, in the NIV, where it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to what? Prosper, Prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So God has plans for our prosperity. Can you say amen? That means God never planned for his people to be broke, to live in lack, to be busted and disgusted, scraping to get by, needs not being met, ends not meeting, ends not seeing each other, living paycheck to paycheck, Waiting on tax return, waiting on a stimulus check, waiting on somebody to die. Somebody to hit you. Waiting on a slip and fall. That's not God's plan. God's plan is for you and me to live in perpetual prosperity. Remember Job 36 verse 11? Y'all remember that? Job 36 verse 11? He says in Job 36 verse 11, he said, if they obey and serve him, they will spend their days in what? Prosperity and their years, their days, if they obey and serve him. If we, him who? God. If we serve the Lord, we're going to spend our days in prosperity and our years 
and pleasures. Pleasures, plural. Plural. Isn't it interesting that God always, he pluralizes pleasures? Remember, you remember that? Hallelujah. In his presence there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pleasures evermore. God has multiplied pleasures for his people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I feel like taking the gloves off. Because the way some of y'all look, like you need, you, need a, you need a punch in the gut. See, because I, I, think, I think the body of Christ has been too satisfied with the status quo. Has been too satisfied with just getting by and long as I got enough. And most people just, when you say long as I got enough, you end up never having enough. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We so, we're so, we're so uh, saving money minded that we never save the money. You missed what I said. What I mean by that? Uh, when, you know, I, people tell me, I'm, well, I'm going to move over here because I'm, I'm going to save money. And then after the year, I say, well, how much money you have? How much, how much, how much money you got? Nothing. Well, where, how about all the money you saved? I'm going to come over here. Oh, I'm going to stay right here. What happened to all the money you saved? Well, I'm going to do this way. I'm going you know, to cut this because I'm going to save money. And after a year, okay, where's all the money? Where's all the money you saved? Oh, you didn't save it, did you? Which meant the money wasn't the problem. It was your mind. It was your mind. If I cut this, I'm going to save $200 a month. That means at the end of the year, you ought to have $2,400 somewhere. And can't put your, your, money, your hand on $50. Because you found something else to do with that. See, because the problem is in the mind. It's not what's in the hand. And so God's people need to be kicked out of this, this, this place of paralysis in the financial arena. Woo-wee. Too many of y'all in the body of Christ. When I'm, I'm saying y'all, I'm going way past y'all. I'm talking about y'all in the body of Christ broke. I didn't say us because I'm not broke. I said too many of y'all in the body of Christ broke. Struggling. Okay? Because something has to happen on the inside of us to step out of that place. Y'all got this here? Now, I, I told you this uh, last week, a couple weeks ago, that God's got a plan for us, right? Uh, he has a design for us. We looked at Ephesians 1. Look at Ephesians 1, 11, verse 12 in the message translation. Let's look at what it says. It says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. So that means when you find Christ, you ought to get your hopes up. Go, go back to the beginning of that. Thank, thank you, Lord. Go back. But, but when you first hear of Christ, you ought to get your hopes up. Every Christian ought to have higher hopes. Tell your neighbor, I have high hopes. You know why I have high hopes? Because God has high hopes for me. That was the whole reason he came and found me, because he had high hopes for me. 
That's why he sent his son, because he has high hopes for us. So we first heard of Christ and, and, and uh, got our hopes up. He had his eye on us, had designs on us for what? Glorious, glorious living. Say glorious living. Glorious. Now ask your neighbor, say, neighbor, be honest. Are you living gloriously? No, I mean, just really be honest. I mean, he didn't say, he didn't say are you living good. He didn't say you're doing all right. He didn't say you're doing fine. He said, I'm asking, are you living gloriously? Glorious living. Remember over in Ephesians 5, when the Bible says Christ uh, gave himself for the church that he might present himself, he sanctified and cleansed her, that he might present her to himself a glorious church. A glorious church. You look that word glorious up in the Greek and it talks about how, how beautifully arrayed and, and the splendor of it. And you look up in the Greek, it'll talk about even the clothing. So God's intent is for you and me to live a glorious life. Thank you, Lord. Arise, shine, for your light is coming. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Right? So God has a glory that he wants to, to demonstrate and display upon and through his people. Hallelujah. And I'm all for it. I'm down with it. I said I'm down with it. Hallelujah. Which means for me to get there, I've got to follow God's design. That's why I preach to you those messages, three messages on yielding to God's plan, because God's plan is the one that gets you into that glorious living that he wants for you. And glorious living encompasses more than just your money. It means your marriage is wonderful. Can you say amen? amen. Your children are adorable, respect, respectful and respectable, honorable, mannerable. Praise the Lord. You're healthy. Y'all ain't saying much. And you're healthy. And you're healthy. I'm not saying you won't get hit with a pain, but I'm talking about your lifestyle is a lifestyle of health. Glorious living. How many of y'all want that? How many of y'all have hopes for that? Well, that's what God has for you. That's what God has for you. But we got to get there. Amen? Now, that's the plan of God. Let's go to Genesis 3 real quick. I want to show you that that's God's plan, but something came on to destroy that. Genesis 3 and verse 16 through 19. You remember Adam and Eve? Eve gets this idea from the, from the devil, Satan, to talk, to uh, uh, eat of the fruit that God had said to them, don't eat of it. And uh, don't, don't, don't bother with that. And uh, she went ahead and did it. And the Bible says, and she gave it to Adam with her, which means Adam was right there the whole time. And, and, and Adam, Adam was not deceived, the Bible says. Eve was deceived. Adam was not deceived. And Adam went ahead and partook of it. And God had to come down because all of a sudden now their eyes were open and they were both naked. And they were ashamed of what they saw. And they tried to cover themselves with these leaves and so forth, which wouldn't work because leaves are perishable. And, and uh, so God comes along and he's going to deal with Satan. He's going to deal with uh, the woman. He's going to deal with Adam, right? right? 
Look at verse 16. It says, to the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. So notice that God, that was not God's design originally for pain and for sorrow and for her to be uh, uh, subordinate, if we could say that, if you allow that, to her husband. That wasn't God's design. But because of sin, sin brought Eve to a lower place and a lower level of living. All right, let me keep going. Verse 17. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, uh, cursed is the ground for your sake. Notice he didn't curse Adam. But he said, curse is the ground for your sake, but it's going to feel like a curse. Because he says, in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So notice that Adam, the result of his sin, is toil, is struggle, is having to sweat for a living. Hard work. Now, it would have been that all Adam had to do was speak, and things would happen. It would have been all Adam had to do was just simply command, and the earth would have brought forth. But now, he's got to sweat, and he's got to toil, he's got to work hard to make a living. Why? Because of sin. And so, because you and I have been born into sin, we were also, we were born in sin, we, we are now born into the same sweat and toil, and pain, and sorrow, trying to make a living. Come on now. And people in the body of Christ don't realize that God has delivered us through the last Adam from the curse that came through the first Adam. And so in the body of Christ, people are still toiling and sweating and struggling and in pain and sorrow trying to make a living when God said, I've designed you for glorious living. And people are stuck. People are stuck. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Working two jobs. I know I'm right because everybody quiet. Three jobs. Extra hours. Well, how's am I going to make it, Pastor? See, you're going by your design. You've fallen right into what Satan designed for people and not what God designed for people. Hallelujah. Kids at 13 or 14 years old, angels, I got to get a job. I got to get a job. 14 years old, I got to get a job. Why? I got to get a job. 
And they're going to they're gonna start working from 14 to they 75 years old. Working 14, 75 years old. Working. I'm trying to make it. Spend their whole lives toiling. Whole lives struggling. And that's not at all God's design for his people. Well, if I could get three more listeners, I might. And God wants to change that for his people. See? And what we people have gotten used to is this, is this system of, of struggle and strain. And used to this, well, you know, well, one day. Well, you know, one day. And don't let them let the lottery get to $1.6 billion. There's even some of y'all Holy Ghost sanctified, fire-baptized, tongue-talking folk trying to sneak off into another county. Well, I ain't going to let, I might, I, don't, I might run into a pastor around here. I might go another county. I'm, I'm taking a trip and you're going to stop in Georgia somewhere and... Oh, I know it. I know it. I know it. One day, hope the publisher's clearance house vans are going to show up at your door with balloons and a big old giant poster. One day, even hoping like that, 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 that uh, prodigal son just going to take the inheritance now, just really which says that I want my daddy to die. You just, one day my daddy going to die. One day my mama going to die. One day somebody going to die and they're going to leave me some. I got a rich uncle somewhere and they're going to, one day, one day, one day, one day, one day, one of these days, one of these days. And we're leaving prosperity in the future one day Maybe. <laughs> and God is saying, that's not, that's not how I operate. Because the way he operates is, Psalm 84, 11 says this, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. That means, here it is, if you want it, you can have it. If you want it, you can have it. Yes. And so we got to deal with, do we really want it? Not as just a good idea. Not as just something that pastor talks about from time to time and, you know, get us all stirred up, riled up. No, no, no. Is, is it something that you, you really want? And I'm not talking about you chasing money because I've never chased money. I told y'all money chased me. I thought I'd have at least somebody say, me too, me too, Pastor, me too. Y'all ain't learned yet, have you? Say, just say, me too, me too. Well, money never chased me down. Have you ever chased somebody down with money? See, if you don't chase anybody down with money, money ain't never going to chase you down. We had gone, uh, me and uh, Prophet Smith, we had gone to a restaurant uh, Saturday before he preached Saturday night, and uh, we're having a good old time, good old time, and the, the server comes, and, uh, you know, and so I'm, I'm taking care of everything, and so I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to bless him, I'm going to bless the server, 
You know, that's I kind of just that's all I do. And uh, and man, the server, he he got the tip. He can make sense. Are you for real? <laughs> oh, you weren't there that night. He was like, are you? I mean, seriously, I'm, the face I'm making, that's it. Are you for real? All of that? It's like, yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And they were, they were laughing, Prophet Smith and Wayne. They were laughing. They were like, that dude was about to cry. He's about to cry. And I was like, well, praise the Lord. So I'm not shocked when money overtakes me. I make myself a magnet. See? Because I'm not waiting on one day. Remember I, I preached to y'all about seven, eight ways to cash your bread? Eight ways to cash your bread? Eight ways to cash your bread? That's what the Bible says, cash your bread. So that I taught you, you don't wait until you got plenty of bread to start casting your bread. You start casting the bread you have right now. You cast bread at the bread level you have right now. And if you start casting bread at the bread level you have right now, God will start increasing your bread level. To the point you have more bread and more bread and plenty of bread and extra bread. and You got bread coming out your ears. Hallelujah. Now, let, let's get, get into this here because John 5. This whole preliminary, I'm, I'm, I've been trying to search for who I'm talking to today. I've only found a handful. Because you see this man who's, now listen, let, let me tell you something, let me explain something to you. My, my brother, uh, Elder Warren, is an evangelist. Right? He would, and as an evangelist, soul winning, getting people saved is his thing. That's, that's the hand of God on his life, that's where God has called him to. So if he were to preach this message, John 5, he would preach this from an evangelistic standpoint. He's going to talk about the condition of your soul and you've been uh, addicted and bound for 38 years and here comes Jesus Christ. He's going to set you free and you're going to get saved. And that would be exactly right for his lane. My lane is to bring you out of poverty and lack and barely getting by into God's economic prosperity. We can preach the same scripture and he's right and I'm right. So, I just want to say that because y'all, I don't want y'all religious folk look at this like, God, that ain't about no money. Now, if there's somebody who they had a, you know, a healing ministry, a strong healing ministry, they're going to preach the same text. Talk about God's healing power to come on you. Glory to God. Whatever your lane is, you're going to preach based on that lane. So I'm preaching my lane today. 
You need all of us. You need the evangelist. You need, you need the healing ministry. You need the prosperity ministry. You need, you need, you need, you need every, every part of it. John 5, look at this here. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. That's where they went to celebrate the feast, right? Some, some uh, Bibles will indicate that this is the feast of Pentecost here, okay? So he goes up to this feast of the Jews, and it says, Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. Bethesda literally means house of mercy, okay? Uh, having five porches. Five prophetic people would say, with preachers, prophetic person would say, this is a number of grace. In this season, you're going to see the grace of God coming upon you, right? That's, are they wrong? No, they're right. That's just their lane. Right, got it? Okay, verse 3. In these lay a great multitude, I want you to see who's here, of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Verse 4. For an angel went down at a certain time, into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. So I want you to see that there are people at around this, this pool, at the, at around this, this gate here, this sheep gate of pool, uh, five porches, various kinds of conditions, and they are waiting on a certain time. All right? So the Bible list says here there are sick people there, blind people there, lame people there, and paralyzed people there. Sick, blind, lame, paralyzed. Now, I want to deal with this from the financial realm. The financially sick. Wake up now. You're too broke to be sleeping on me today. Sick, blind, lame, and paralyzed. In the financial realm. The word sick in the King James, you see the word impotent there. The word blind, or the, blind or the word lame, rather, you see the word halt in the King James. For paralyzed, you'll see the word withered in the King James. You got it? Now, the word sick, everybody say sick. sick. Again, the Greek word impotent, or the, the King James used the word impotent, comes from the Greek word astaneo. It means to be weak, feeble, to be without strength, powerless, to be weak in means, needy, poor, to be feeble, or sick. See, I don't even need, need even have to stretch that because it, it, including the meaning is poor. Sick or impotent means you're lacking something. Do you understand that if you, if you are sick in the physical realm, you are lacking something? I mean, in the physical realm. They will tell you, hey, you're lacking vitamin D. Or you, you don't have enough vitamin A. Or you need some more vitamin C. Or you need some more zinc. Or there's something you're lacking. Or you don't, you're missing cartilage in your right arm or whatever. They're, they're going, you're lacking something. That's what sickness and disease is. You're lacking something. So sickness is lack. And I got to deal with people in the area of finances that if you are in finance, financial lack, you are sick. 
You don't see it, but I'm telling you, you're sick. Hallelujah. And healing is here today. And healing is here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He says, again, it's to be weak, to be feeble, to be without strength. Without strength means you don't have enough power to do something. A bill comes and you got to wait to pay it is because you don't have enough power. I'm going to come over here. A bill comes and you don't have enough money to pay it is because you're sick. You, you don't have enough power. I mean, in the world, they say this money is power. I'm going to need y'all to not be deep this morning. I said the world says money is power. So y'all think about spirits. I'm talking about you and your pocket. Money is power. You know what about this? The rich answer roughly? Because they got money and money is power. But the poor says, the Bible says, uses entreaties. The poor have to beg. The poor says, well, you know, could, could, you, could you give me an extension, uh, you know, to two, two weeks? How many of y'all ever had to ask for an extension on, on a bill? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. I see more hands up because y'all are lying. You've had to ask for an extension. Because I've had to myself. I've had to ask, hey, give me an extension on that right there. <laughs> I, I, know, I know the water's due today, but I need an extension. I know the lights do, but give me an extension on that. Praise the Lord. Why? Because you don't have the power. So this sickness or this impotence or this powerlessness, this powerlessness is a lack of something. And God's people, notice this man this, around this pool are people who are sick. I want, I want you to see this, this as, as finances. I'll let somebody else preach on healing. Let somebody else preach on evangelism. But I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, I want you to see financial lack People laying around in financial lack. Laying around in financial lack. Lying around, actually, in financial lack. Lying around in financial lack. Hallelujah. And some of y'all say, well, I don't have lack. I can pay my bills. Okay, can you pay somebody else's bills? No. Do you want to? Well, sure. Well, then you're in lack. Y'all missed that. See, 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 you, you get all puffy because you can pay your bills on time. But you're not called just to pay your bills. Ephesians 4.28 says you're supposed to work that you can have to give to those who have need. So if you're working and you know all, all your money you have ain't enough, you ain't paying somebody else's rent when you have to, then you're still lacking. You still are sick. Because Deuteronomy 15 tells us that when someone poor comes to us and asks us for, for help, we, the Bible tells us to open our hands and let them take all they need. If, you, if you're not going to open your hands, you got lack. So I don't want you to feel like you all huffy and puffy and be arrogant in here on me this morning. I paid my bills, Pastor. You can move on that from that. I paid my bills. Wonderful. 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 Can we feed Haiti off your money? I said, can we feed Haiti off your money? Can you build a church in Zambia by yourself off your money? No. So we have lack. 
Okay, I'm going to move on. I'm going to get off the sick folk. Blind. 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 Is it the Greek word for that is tuflos? Tuflos or tuflos. It looked like tuflos. You lost your tooth. It means to be blind, and it means to be mentally blind. I didn't make this up. You look it up in your own concordance. Blind, it also means mentally blind. When Jesus talks about the blind leading the blind, they both fall into the ditch. It's mentally blind. So you can be physically blind, but at the same, physically have sight rather, but mentally be blind. Which means there are things that you're, you can't see. And the reason why so many people are stuck in financial hardship and stuck laying around is because they can't see. They, have, they don't have revelation. Blindness is always a picture in the Bible of no revelation. And here's the, re- the reality. That if you don't have enough, you got to realize you don't know enough. If you don't have enough, come on, y'all. Because y'all looking at me like y'all rich, and you're not. Stop playing with me. You don't know enough. You don't know enough. Because the more you know, the more you have access to. The more you have access to, the more you'll embrace. The more you embrace, the more you have. Revelation gives you resources. Let me just talk in the natural. Can I just talk in the natural for a second? Do you know that Jesus said this? He said, the children of this world are wiser in mammon than the children of the light. Y'all know that? Jesus says, the children of this world are wiser in mammon than children of the light. Means the children of the world know how money operates more than the children of the light know how money operates. So the the revelation, it's not spiritual revelation, it's just natural revelation, that the things they know produces more in their lives and the people in the church praise the God. One day, ooh, God, today is my day. And we'll shout and we'll get a prophetic word, turn around time, it's my season, and everything, yeah, 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 yeah. But we don't know how money operates. The prophet talked about last week about, about uh, having structure for your money. I'm talking natural here. I'm talking natural. How many of y'all, you now have more than one bank account? Some of y'all still didn't listen to the man of God said, open bank accounts. It took, it's seven days later. You still ain't open no bank account? You still didn't go open a bank. So if you're not even going to do the natural that comes from the spiritual instruction, how you think God is going to do anything for you? Well, I don't have no money. You should be the one listening to me then. You should be the one sitting on the edge of your chair like this. 
not in you. See? See, if you're not, oh my God. It's the practical. Learning. How does interest work? Because the more you learn our interest work, you'll stop paying it and start earning it. Understanding how these late fees affect your life. When you start, a, start really counting that up, you'll, you'll stop going to the movie and start paying your bill first. I'm not going to go to the movies and my bill, I don't pay my bill. I don't, I don't, I'm not, not, not going to go buy no new belt and no new shoes and my bill ain't paid because I'm not going to keep paying these late fees to people. I'm just talking about natural, practical stuff here that people don't like to talk about. I don't need to subscribe. I don't need no, no paid subscriptions or nothing. And my bills aren't paid. The children of this world are wiser and mammon than the children of the light. So we got to switch that. And so, no, I need to learn how this works. So revelation then begins to bring resources. When I begin to know something, now I have access to something. Psalm 119, I think it's verse 130, says the entrance of your word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. The interest of your word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. The interest of your word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. The interest of your word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. So, so many people in the body of Christ are financially are simple. Ignorant about finances. But the interest of your word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. But notice what happens. All those blind folk, they're lying around, waiting for a tax return, waiting on a certain time. They told me the other, they told me the other day. I was riding by uh, on my way to the barbershop Friday, and I passed. I, they had 16th Street blocked off. I'm like, why they got 16th Street blocked off? Baseball season's over. And then I, I went. Turned on Fifth Avenue, and I saw they had partially blocked off there. And I looked over, and I'm like, I said, what is that? So I got to the shop, and I asked, what's going on in the shop? What kind of feel? They said, oh, they're giving out all the snap money, uh, food, all the stuff, you know, the food cars. And, you know, if you, I said, food stamp cars. I said, I said, really? They said, yeah, for everybody. Anybody can get them. If you got affected by the storm, everything, you can get them. And I'm like, they're there. Huge tent set up, lines wrapped around the corner. I'm like, wow. They said, oh, you can go and get them. I'm not finna go sit in no line. You think I'm about to go sit in a line for an hour? Two hours? Trying to get something that heaven will supply me on the spot? Well, you can apply online. I, I didn't qualify. I'm not gonna qualify. I'm not, I, first of all, I'm not about to tell them all my business. So, I ain't gonna lie, I thought about it. And I said, nah. They're all lying. They're all lying. Lying, waiting. Lying, waiting, one day, 
Somebody going to help me one day? Then it talked about there were some lame people. Lame. Lame. Financially lame. That word lame in the King James, they use the word halt. H-A-L-T, halt. Remember that word halt? It means you're crippled. But we also saw that word halt in 1 Kings 18. When, when Elijah, the prophet of God, deals with God's people, and he says to them, how long halt ye between two opinions? If God be God, serve him. If Baal be God, serve him. But you can't keep, you, you got to make up your mind, you can't be double-minded. Now, James says that a double-minded man is unstable. Come on. He says above that verse in chapter 1 of James, he says, let not that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. So when you're halt, when you're double-minded, when you're stuck between two opinions, you're not going to receive anything. So you got to be stuck. You're lying. Because you've not decided yet, I'm going to trust God in his system. I'm going to switch from that system. That, that's why, that's why I'm, I was telling y'all earlier today, when my wife and I, when we were broke and had no money, no money and no food and didn't know how we were going to eat each day, I mean daily, not having food each day. And yet we didn't tell anybody, wouldn't call anybody, wouldn't ask anybody. We put it before God. And every single day, God supplied every single day. We tested him. We proved him. And he provided for us every single day. Day we'd be riding, leaving the church on our way home, not knowing where we're going to eat, how we're going to eat, have anything, and we get a call. Hey, I cook. You should stop by. Yes, we'll be right there. Somebody come drop off a gift card. Hey, the Lord just told me to give you that gift card. Praise the Lord. That is the Lord. That is the Lord. And we didn't, we didn't tell them, ooh, thank you, because we didn't have no money. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't tell it because that, what that would have done would have worked on them more. See, we switched from this world supply system to God's supply system and use our faith. Thank you, Lord. We were not stuck between two opinions. We were not halt between two opinions. We were not halt and stuck waiting for something to happen just one day a certain time. We couldn't wait on no past anniversary. Church is broke. Are you, you understand what I'm saying to you? Okay, let me, let me read the last one. I might have to cut this message way short. Because when you, when, see, when you're dealing deal with people at the root of their issue, nobody wants to hear it. They're going to zone out on you. You, you want to hear about all God about to do for you, don't you? You want to hear about everything God going to do for you. See? But what happens, God can give you a financial miracle, but if you don't get yourself changed on the inside, you're going to need another one. Matter of fact, matter of fact, 
go back to John uh, chapter 5 and give me verse, um, verse 11, I think it is. John 5 verse 11. Now remember I showed you how because of Adam's sin, that's how we got into this mess? Um, verse 11, the people were asking, asking the man, you know, how did you get healed? Well, you, you rise up, you took your bed and walk. He said, he answered them, uh, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Keep going, verse 12, verse 12. Then they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the ver verse 13, but the one who was healed did not know who it was, but Jesus had withdrawn the multitude being in that place. Keep going. I want to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Uh, verse 14, afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, you have been made well. Sin no more. Come on. Don't make the same foolish mistakes again unless you be in the same predicament in a worse way again. Do you understand this preacher today? So, so to get a miracle, thank God for a miracle. Thank God. Yes, it is settled. I believe that. We, we hold on to that word. But once you get the miracle, if your mind hadn't changed, you're going to need another miracle next meeting. And God didn't design you and me to live on miracle to miracle to miracle. He meant for us to become somebody else's miracle. I said he meant for you and me to become someone else's miracle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. One time we were at a restaurant and this, this guy, I don't know if we were in town. town I seemed like we were out of town. And I tipped this guy and he, the guy who came back about, yeah, I, knew, I knew it was Applebee's, but it was in town. And this guy came back and he said, he said, sir, you don't know what this means to me. He said, I don't know how I was going to pay my rent. Am I right? He said, I don't know how I was going to pay my rent. See, he wants us to be someone else's miracle. Be the answer someone else needs. But to do that, we've got to switch our mindset. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many of y'all can believe God to be just like that? Well, you have to stop yawning. You have to grab a hold of this. You have to, I mean, you have to grab this. I don't care about you running around today. You can run all you want to any other time. But see, you don't, you, you, we can't live from miracle to miracle to miracle, from meeting to meeting to meeting. I need to break out of this financial poverty, break out of this financial lack, break out of this financial bondage. Two. Devin, I want to help other people's dreams come true. I want to make other people's dreams come true. 
want to make someone else's dreams come true. I want to make someone's day, make their week, make their month. I want to make their year. And we got to overcome these barriers, sickness, blindness, lameness. Lame, halt between two opinions. Should I tithe or not? You halt between two opinions. You halt. You halt. Halt means you cripple. You, should I sow or not? You, you halt. Everybody else running on with Jesus. They seeing fruit. They seeing blessings. Seeing manifestation. And you, wait, don't leave me. Don't leave. You halt. You can't, you can't move because you're still stuck between two opinions. I don't believe in vowing. Maybe vowing. Maybe this. Maybe partnership. Maybe not. Maybe I bless somebody. Maybe not. No, no. You're stuck. You're halt between two opinions. You can't run when you halt. You can't run when you halt. You can't run nobody down and overtake them with blessing when you halt. Hallelujah. I used to be halt. I used to be lame. I used to be blind. I know what it is. Thank you, Lord. Then the, other one, the fourth one, he said, People there were paralyzed. The word paralyzed from the dictionary means unable to move or function. Unable to move or function. Unable to move or function. And there are people in the financial arena, in the body of Christ, who are unable to move. Can I just talk about just moving naturally? People, you want to move to another place, you're just unable. Some of y'all are stuck with your mommy and daddy, you want to move out, and you're unable. I want to get married. You can't move yet. Hush. Hush. Don't even talk about marriage if you can't move. Ain't no need to shop before no ring. Matter of fact, ain't no need of you even dating nobody. If you aren't able to move, they don't need to even dating. What you dating for? They gonna move, they gonna move with you and your mama? Unable to move or function. I'm just, talk, I'm just talking just regular sense. Y'all get it. Unable to move or function. Financially paralyzed. Financially stuck. Unable to move. You know, the thing about, about paralysis is in the natural, in the natural paralysis, your, your brain is trying to tell things to happen, but your body can't respond. There's been a, there's been a, a severance, a, a cutoff, a disconnect between your brain and your limbs. So in your mind, I know I'm supposed to be doing something. Y'all ever had anybody ever had sleep paralysis? Some of y'all don't even know what the sleep paralysis is. Is you ever been in that place where you like dozing off or you waking up and you, you can't move? Anybody ever had sleep paralysis? Y'all know what I'm talking about now? You, you just you're trying to wake up, you're like, mm, mm, and, and it's scary. Isn't, it? Isn't sleep paralysis scary? Because it's like, oh, I'm trying to throw yourself. You can't. Uh. 
See, some of y'all, you ain't never been tired, tired. If you've been tired, tired, you've gone through sleep paralysis where you're like, uh, uh, uh. I don't know how long it lasts. I don't know. It just feels like it lasts forever. You're like, uh. Which means in sleep paralysis, you are aware of things. You're not asleep. You are aware, but somehow you, your body can't move. In, in, the, in, the, in the subconscious realm, you are aware and awake, but, it, but in your natural, you can't get anything to turn over. And there are people in the, in the body of Christ, financially, you know God wants you to go higher. You know God wants you to do more. You know something in you is, I'm supposed to be over here and not stuck back here, but you're stuck and you can't think, get things to turn over. People are paralyzed. Paralyzed. I want to, but I can't. Something happened. There are some people who are born paralyzed. Something happened. The doctors didn't do something right in the delivery process and they damaged something, they injured something. Some later on in life through a car accident or some kind of fall or some tragic thing happens and they are now paralyzed. That's how they end up. But God didn't design them that way. And you may be financially paralyzed but God didn't design you that way. God designed you with, with glorious living in mind. You know, Brother Tyrone, Deacon Tyrone, you can get paralyzed on the next level. See, because the way some of y'all look at me like I'm doing all right, yeah, but now you're stuck on that level. No, you're not on food stamps anymore. You're not, on, you're not on Section 8 no more, but you're stuck at the level you're on. And because you feel better than other people, I'm doing better than other people, and you're like, you're doing all right. You're still stuck. You're still paralyzed at, at, at that level. We're meant to go from faith to faith, glory to glory, strength to strength. That word strength in the Hebrew is the, is the, is the Hebrew word kayil, which actually means your wealth and your abundance. God designed, designed us to go from strength to strength. Wealth to wealth. So don't be so impressed with yourself because now you got a, you know, a 40-hour week job and you, you, know, you got benefits. Great. But there, there's, there's, there's something else that God wants. Paralyzed. Now they're sick, they're blind, they're lame, paralyzed, and lying. Lying, waiting. Waiting on what? Well, the Bible says, you get down there and think of verse 4, John 5, around verse 4 somewhere. For an angel went down at a certain time. Oh, we got a revival coming up. We got a revival coming up, you know. 
Everybody going to be happy. Everybody going to be excited because, you know, we got Prophet, Prophet, you know, Durba coming. You know, we know we got Prophet Ben coming, and then we got, you know, Prophet Clayton coming, and we got, you know, Pro Prophet, Pro Prophet, Prophet Caleb going to come. He's going to preach us happy, and, you know, Prophet Caleb. They waiting on the, oh, the, the music to play right and the praise team to hit it right, and we're going we gonna to run right, and we're going to just, when everything gets trouble, oh, glory, glory. Oh, the water, everything gets stirred up at a certain time, a certain time. Oh, now you get all excited when the prophet comes, and I'm going to sow my seed, I'm going to sow my seed, I'm going to sow my seed. Oh, and what you're doing, you're, you're casinoing God. You're giving God the casino effect. You're giving God the casino effect. Trying to pull a lever at a certain time. Oh, come on, sevens. Oh, come on, sevens. Thank you, sir. Run around happy. I got a word from God. That's, that's right. That's right. You got a word, but you had a word last year, too. What happened to the words you got three years ago? Remember that word you got three years ago? Your life still ain't changed? But yeah, this word. I'm going to get this word this time, and this word going to change my life. The word you got seven years ago would have changed your life if you would let God change your life. They're waiting for a certain time. Because at a certain time, an angel will come down and stir the water. And notice this. Whoever stepped in first, oh, so everybody didn't get it. Whoever stepped in first uh, after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Everybody say disease. Disease, disease is something that makes you uncomfortable. Disease. It, 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 it ruins your ease. A disease is a hardship. So that's why I'm talking about financial hardship. Anybody ever dealt with financial hardship? You know, you apply for scholarships because I got financial hardship. Or I apply for this, you know, give me some relief because I got a financial hardship. Anybody ever had a hardship in your life financially? And so, so whoever stepped in at a certain time when the water was troubled, whoever got in first was made well of whatever dis-ease or hardship he had. But notice the problem with that system was only one person got it. And at a certain time. And if you missed it, imagine the despair and hopelessness that comes on you for the next year. Well, I get a next camp meeting. Next camp meeting, boy, it's going to be my camp meeting. You're going to wait that long to get your deliverance? Now, I want you to watch something. So I'm going to finish this up here. Verse 5. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. An infirmity. Uh, did I give you that word infirmity in the, in the Greek? Let's look at that word infirmity. Infirmity, asthenia, which means want or lack of strength, weakness, infirmity. Of the body, it means a native, its native weakness and frailty, feebleness of health of, or sickness. Of the soul, here's the part I want you to see. Of the soul, because that's where your issue is. I said that's where your issue is. The reason you're not walking in abundance now is because it's in your soul. I wish above all, the, all things that you will prosper and be in health. Even as your what? 
so the prosperity happens when you get your soul prosperity right. So of the soul, notice this, is want, can we replace, replace the word want with lack? Lack of strength and capacity, lack of strength and capacity, lack of strength and capacity. Remember the Bible says that God gave Solomon largeness of heart or God increased Solomon's capacity to receive? So when you're, when you're having infirmity, it's a lack of capacity requisite or required, one, to understand something. So financial impotence shows that you've not yet gotten the capacity enough in your soul to even understand the revelation from God. To understand that God wants you to prosper. That God wants you to increase. To understand that God can do it and he doesn't need your help. There's some people that they're so ingrained and entrenched in this natural economic system that a man of God comes on and preach things like this and in their soul they can't receive it. Same thing happens, happened to the children of Israel when Moses came along and told them God's going to free them up and the Bible says that they could not receive it because of the hardness and the hardship that they've been enduring. So people have been broke and busted and disgusted so long that I can preach this and preach it and preach it and yet your soul will not let you take it. You're dealing with an infirmity in your soul. Then he says, watch this, to understand the great things or understand the thing. Notice this, this is a want or lack of strength and capacity to do things great and glorious. The Bible calls this an infirmity. That when you don't have the capacity to do something great, to do something glorious, to do something above average, to do something that's going to change the world, to do something that's noticeable and commendable in the earth. You don't have the capacity. I wish I had a camera up here to put on y'all to see all the broke sleep people. See, you run last week because you hear about what God's going to do, but when God tells you what you got to do, you sleep on it. The answer becomes your problem. He says to do, to understand a thing, to do great things, to do things great and glorious is, the Bible calls it an infirmity. No capacity to do anything great, which means you're stuck in mediocre and average living. Notice it also says, I finish this out. To restrain corrupt desires. No capacity to restrain corrupt desires, which means that addictions run your life. You have no self-control in your life. It causes an infirmity. And that's why when you should have plenty of money, your spending is all out of whack. You can't control your spending. You can't control the little lust in your heart. And you spend money on your selfish lust. And you don't have the money when God tells you to sow a seed or to bless somebody or to do something. When he has in mind your prosperity, you don't have it because you've not controlled your corrupt desires. Then, lastly, to bear trials and, and troubles. To bear. You don't have the capacity to bear. You can't get through it. 
a hardship comes and it just it wrecks your life. Right back. Right back to the payday place. Go, you go right back. You can't handle any financial trial or trouble. Most Americans, it says most Americans don't have $400 to their name. Not in a whole household. $400. That means, that means two tires would bankrupt your house. If you got a nice car, one tire. That's how I know I've had to replace two tires in the last week on two different cars. Okay, let me finish this. Because I'll, I'll preach something else next time. So I want you to see this. Go back to John 5. John 5, verse 5. See, your phone has no capacity. The phone tell on you, you have no space. That was perfect. That was perfect. Now, a certain man was there who had what? An infirmity. Remember, we just described infirmity there. 38 years. 38 years of struggling. 38 years of never getting a handle on life. 38 years of barely getting by. 38 years of addiction and loose living. 38 years of being overwhelmed and defeated by life. 38 years being stuck. 38 years not moving. 38 years not functioning. 38 years with no capacity. That's too long. 38 years? That's too long to be like that. Been broke too long. Been scraping by too long. Been living on meager means too long. You've been at that level too long. I'm talking about whatever level you think you're on now. You've been at that level too long. Verse 6. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, how long he had been in that condition? And Jesus said he knew he had been in that condition a long time. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you, this is not a word of knowledge. It's some, not some spiritual revelation Jesus got. Jesus has been to this temple every year of his life. For 30, for 30 plus years, he's been coming to that same spot. Y'all missed it. You thinking Jesus is deep. Oh, the Holy Ghost told him this man been in this condition a long time. No, Jesus, this is, this is the feast of the Jews. They went to the same spot every year. Three times a year. They went to the same spot. So imagine Jesus Christ three, at, least three, at least three times a year 
passed by seeing the same man lying here in the same spot, in the same condition, all these years. And so then it makes sense, Elder Baker, why he asked him this question. Do you want to be made well? Elijah, you think, of course he want to be made well. But when you see a man who's been in the same condition for 38 years, the same spot, you got to ask him, do you want to be well? Do you want to get out of, the, out of the hood? Do you want to get out of, out of your mama's house? Do you want to ever drive a car that you ain't got to hold it up with duct tape? Do you, do you, do, do, do you want to pair new shoes? Are you still wearing the same shoes from college? You still want, you, do you want? I command you to throw out all your college shoes and all your college pants and all the college, all the stuff you wear in high school, get rid of it. Now I'm holding on to this. For what? For what? Do you want to start paying the rent on time? Are you ready to stop asking for an extension? Are you ready to stop asking folk for help? How long are you going to be in this same condition? That's what, that's what, that, that's what Elijah asked. How long hold you between two opinions? How long? When, when Joshua talked to the, to the children of Israel, he said, how long slack ye to possess the promise? How long are you going to let the promised land be out there? You're going to stay right here in this same condition. How long are you going to live like that? you can't put your hand on $50. How long? I, I, heard, I heard a disappointing number yesterday. I was at, at a service and I heard somebody say, oh, we got together this group and we raised this money because so-and-so helped us raise this money and they said, it's amazing. This is the first time we ever raised $1,000. I said, first time? You're talking about a, a whole church? The first time y'all raise a thousand dollars in an event? A thousand dollars? A thousand dollars as a church in an event? And there are people who wear thousand dollar belts. Look at y'all sleepy self. Look at y'all sleepy self. And don't have $10. Look at your sleepy self. Don't have $20. Look at your sleep. Come on now. Help me out. How long? Well, you wait on the pie in the sky. There ain't no pie coming from no sky. God, listen to me. Listen to me. God will not send you money from heaven. 
If he did, it would be counterfeit, and God's not a counterfeiter. He has to get it to you in the earth realm. While you're waiting on God's miracle to happen in your life, he said, I need you to first let me know, do you want it? All right, I'm, I'll, I'll, I won't even finish this because obviously I ran into a brick wall. I need to give you just this last part and I'll let you ponder this while you're eating your fried chicken and your turkey wings and all that stuff like that he said do you want to be made well Give me verse 6. I'm going to ignore all that. Give me verse 6 and Amplified Classic. Verse 6 and Amplified Classic. When Jesus noticed him lying there helpless, knowing that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you want to become well? Are you really in earnest? about getting well. What is he saying? He said, are you serious about it yet? That is the question today. Are you serious yet? About getting well. He didn't ask him, are you tired of being sick? He said, are you serious about getting well? It's two different, two different questions. It's two different questions. It's, that's right. It's all up here. It's two different questions. Because plenty of folk are say, I'm sick and tired of being broke. That don't help you. Nothing will shift until you say, I'm serious about being well. If you're serious, just slip your hand in. Just slip, let's see. Okay. Now, none of y'all will sleep. Put your hand down. You sleep. Don't, don't, even, don't lie to me. You sleep. You sleep. Don't even, don't even fake me out. I do not consider your hand at all. Are you really in earnest about getting well? Are you really serious about coming out of lack? Coming out of poverty, making a difference for you and your children and your children's children and somebody else outside of your household. Because when you get serious now, I come with your answer. When you get serious now, I can help you. When you get serious now, I got a word that'll change your life. But if you're not serious, you are wayside ground and I'm wasting my time. I'm talking about what Jesus is saying to this man here. Notice he walks up on him. Jesus didn't just heal him. You missed it. He didn't just heal him. He could have simply spoke to him and said, get up. He could have, 
but he didn't. He said, he asked him, are you ready? Because he's not going to cast his bread to the dogs and his pros before swine. He's going to make sure you're actually ready to receive what he has for you. So when you get serious, now I can release you from the infirmity, from the sickness, from the lameness, from the blindness, from the paralysis that's held you captive all these years. When you get serious, and that's what my father, God, wants to know this morning. Today in this church, are you serious yet? Because you can hear this word Sunday in and Sunday out and Wednesday in and Wednesday out and all the time. But until you get serious. A long time ago, I got tired of being fat. I didn't lose not one pound being tired of being fat. I didn't lose one pound being tired of being fat. Tired of my clothes not fitting. I didn't lose one pound being tired of my clothes not fitting. What had to happen? I had to shift and said, I'm serious about getting healthy. I'm serious about being well. I'm serious about managing my weight. I'm serious about having a healthy lifestyle. When I got serious, I began to lose pounds. See, it's a, it's a change up here in the mind. Tired of my marriage being bad. That don't change it. Because you're just tired of your marriage being bad. The devil will show you all kind of other reasons why it's bad. And you, before you know it, you'll be where it's bad. You got to get serious about, nope, I'm going to have a marriage made in heaven. Tired of struggling with this addiction. Tiredness don't break no addiction. When you get serious. So we asked him, are you earnest? Are you really in earnest about getting well? The, the, word, the word earnest, I'm going to say this, I'm, I'm going to send you to your chicken. Earnest means, it's, it's definition, it's characterized by or proceeding from an intense and serious? Earnest means you have an intense and a serious state of mind. My mind is set. My mind is made up. I made a quality decision. I'm not staying in this condition. I'm not staying in this place. I'm not staying on this level any longer. My mind is made up. I'm leaving this place bye-bye. I'm going on to what God has of me because I'm serious about this. When God's people get serious about what he's serious about, revelation begins to flow. You won't be blind anymore. Revelation begins to flow. Revelation begin to flow. Revelation begin to flow. You know that, that, that word paralysis in the King James is the word withered. The word withered, you look it up in the Greek, what, what it means is, is loss of natural juices. It dries up. Thank you, Holy Ghost. So what happens is, we're in the finances, when you get serious, what was dried up, God begins to juice it up again. God begins to, 
cause a flow. You, he be, oh my God, you begin to get fresh ideas and fresh innovation. I can start this business. I can do this. I can, I can launch this. Over. You start to get a freshness in you. Once, once you get serious. Let me, let me give you this last thing here. I want to give you an example of this. Genesis 27, verse 40. Genesis 27, verse 40. Because I got to read these translations so you get it. Y'all know how the story ended, right? Jesus raised them up. I could go into all that because there's a whole lot that went into that. But I want you to see this here because I'm out of time. Genesis 27, verse 40. This is when, remember, Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. Jacob stole a blessing. Jacob stole what, what belonged to Esau. Esau comes in and asks his father Isaac, he says, do you have one more blessing for me? Come on, you got to bless me. Please bless me. He said, no, I don't have anything for you. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit gave him something to say. He says to him, to, to Esau, in Genesis 27, verse 40, he says, by your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass when you become restless... That you shall break his yoke from your neck, which means Esau, you're going to be serving him. You're going to be serving him. But there comes a point when you say, I had enough of this. When you say, I, I can't stay in this place anymore. God wants somebody to get restless in your current position, restless in your current status, restless in your current condition, restless on your current level, restless in the place you're in, and say, I can't stay here anymore. I, I, can't, I can't sleep like this. I can't drive like this. I can't live like this. I can't eat like this. I can't behave like this. I can't have it like this anymore. When you become restless, you'll break his yoke. And Satan has put a yoke on the neck of God's people and he says you can't break out of it till you decide you've had enough. And if you don't make that decision, it'll be next year. And you'll still be trying to find $40. Give me that same verse in the New Living. Same verse, you will live by your sword and you will serve your brother. But when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. I'm asking somebody today to decide. I can't stay like this. Somebody say, it's not my will to be like this. I can't stay in this condition any longer. I got to get up from here. I can't lie down here waiting on someday. The Savior is here today. My deliverer is here today. Message translation, message, 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 message. You'll live by your sword, hand to mouth, and you'll serve your brother. But when you can't take it anymore, when you can't take it anymore, when you decide you can't take it anymore, you'll break loose and run free. Tell your neighbor, if you want it, you can have it. Tell them it's all up to you. 
See, you ain't got to wait till some special time, some special season, some special meeting, some special preacher. Jesus Christ himself is here to bring you deliverance today. Give me the easy to read version. Easy to read version. He says, you will have to fight to live. And you'll be a slave to your brother. But when you fight to be free. See, there's a difference between fighting to live and fighting to be free. Most of God's people are stuck fighting to live. Boy, I'm preaching better than any of y'all even understand. Most folk right up in this church are still fighting to live. And the devil wants to keep you there. Fighting to live. Fighting to make it. Fighting to survive. Fighting to get by. Fighting to hold on. But when you switch your fight, when you switch the purpose of your fight, I'm not trying to fight just to live. I switch my intention. I switch my determination. I switch my purpose. And I'm not fighting to live anymore. I'm fighting to be free. You know, there are some athletes who play to play. Then there are some athletes, Jonathan, who play to win. The ones who play to win, they train differently. While you're sleeping, they're working. While you're eating all the junk food you can get your hands on, they're getting lean meats and proteins and muscle builders and they're working their bodies because they're not playing just to play. They're playing to win. And that's what separates the men from the boys, the champions from the losers, is those who switch their mindset from just playing to play to playing to live, from just fighting to live to fighting to win, fighting to be free. That means every one of you is a fighter. But what are you fighting for? Pastor, I've been through some stuff. I had to fight to survive. Praise God. Now switch. I was raised in this kind of family. I had to fight just to be here. Great. Wonderful. Wonderful. I, I commend you for that. You're, you're, a real, you're a real survivor. But now I want you to switch from fighting to live to fighting to be free. Fight to be free from all lack, from all poverty, from all bondage, from all scarcity, from all hang-ups, from all hold-ups. Fight to be free from everything that's had you bound, paralyzed, blind, lame, halt. When you fight to be free, you will break away from his control. God wants to break you away. But it needs you to fight. 
God's already fighting for you. But he needs to make sure you're earnest, you're sincere, <laughs> that you got your own dog in the fight. God, I, I can't stand this here. I can't stay. Stand on your feet. Y'all have heard the testimony before. When we didn't have a dime, we ain't broke. And then we had a little bit of money, but it was just enough to live. And one day my wife asked me, could we go and get some chicken and pancakes? <laughs> Wanted to go to Kissing Cousins, I probably was, right? She went asking for, you know, a porterhouse, a ribeye, a cowboy. She wanted some chicken and some pancakes. That's simple. And I told her, out of, not out of anger, not out of not wanting to, but out of knowing where we were, we were not in the condition. I said, I said, babe, this is not a good week for that. <laughs> See, some of y'all been rich your whole little life, and you, you just, I said, I said, babe, this is not a good week. I didn't say this is not a good day. I said, this is not a good week for chicken and pancakes. That probably would have cost us $8, I think it was. Might have been. And I said, it's not a good week for that. So you look at me now, and I got, you know, all the stuff. Five of us. So it's not a good week for that. <laughs> and my wife got. I got the kids. I said, let's go. <laughs> I did. It was like Tasmanian devil just. Argh. I said, grab the kids. Don't grab no shoes or nothing. Let's get out. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go to the church. Let's go. And she got angry. Not at me. Not at us. Not at God. But at our condition. times I, I've told you about it, how I, I would cry and cry and cry. I remember yelling at God, yelling at God, yelling at him, your pastor, yelling at him and saying, God, if you were my son, I wouldn't let you live like this. I was yelling at him because we were so, such a condition. got it our eyes open the blindness removed the lameness the halt between two opinions because we are both both at that time we're gonna okay I'm, I'm applying for jobs here and she's applying for jobs got all my wife has two two uh, bachelor's degrees and I'm, I'm applying I'm getting my licenses back on and I'm because I'm gonna go and okay we're gonna we're gonna work we're gonna make I'm, I'm starting all kind of stuff I'm buying stuff I'm gonna try to make stuff happen and and God said what are you doing what are you doing if you ain't gonna take care of us I'm gonna take care of us I 
Say, I wish I could take you inside of here to know what I felt. When you're a husband and a father, that pressure, that We both got angry, not at each other. We learned to preach to each other. We're going to preach our way through this. There are some sermons y'all have never heard because they were for us. Preaching to each other. Okay, the testimony is being made. God's going to get us through this. And we begin to dive deep into the word of God. Okay, God, how does this work? How does this work? How does this work? And we, we didn't fight each other. Now, there were times we felt like it. Because financial strain will put a strain on your marriage. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Because we're going to get into this word and find, okay, how do we do this? God, how do we do this? How do we do this? And when we got that, the blinders came off. We got single eyed, double opinion. Just okay. we stop fighting to live and start fighting to be free. And God came in and began to change everything. We decided we wanted to be free. We got serious about it. Got serious. And when you get serious, here comes your word. Can I tell you something? When you get serious, you know what he's going to do? He's going to remind you of a word you already heard because we've already heard enough words. We've already heard enough prophetic words. You ain't got to go back past last week. We had enough prophetic words just last week that will break you out of poverty and lack. You got to get serious. Put your head down and swim. Because God's designed a glorious life for you and for me. So glorious that out of our abundance, out of our overflow, we're going to bring glory to other people's lives. So neighbor, if you want it, if you're serious, you can have it. Stop fighting for your life and start fighting for your freedom. <laughs> I, used to, I used to do uh, ride-alongs with police officers. And I remember one officer told me one time, he was, they were looking at pulling a guy over, uh, stopping a guy. You know how they stop and talk to people. And he's like, man, you know, it, it almost don't make any sense to chase this person, chase anybody. I said, why do you say that, man? You can, you can catch them. They, they're slow. You can catch them. He said, no, you don't understand. I'm running for my job. They're running for their freedom. They're going to outrun me all day long because I'm only running for my job. But when you're running for your freedom, there's a different intensity, a different. It's a little different. 
We're running for our freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Father, today, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your people. I pray that, Father, in all of the all the things that have been said, that, God, your people understand the crux of this, that, Lord, it's your determined purpose for us to live free, to live in abundance, to live in prosperity, to live. You know, you spoke that about Abraham, that he'd be blessed to be a blessing. And, Father, that requires us as the seed of Abraham to live in abundant blessings so that we have enough to bless others. I pray, Father, that each of us would see beyond our own comfort level. See beyond where we are. Understand how serious you are about us living in total financial prosperity. Living the best life, the glorious life you've given for us. I pray, Father, that by your spirit, I'm asking you, by your spirit, to agitate every heart. Agitate every soul. Your word says that complacency destroys a fool. So you never want us to be complacent in any station or any place in life. I pray, Father, you help us to break out of complacency and step over into the fullness of what you have for us. I pray your blessings upon your people that those of us who are serious, that God, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That we'll step into the place of financial overflow, financial abundance, financial increase in prosperity, that you've already laid out for your people. We step into that now. We step into that now. We shake off all of our hindrances. We step over into what you have for us. I speak this blessing upon all of your people today. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And amen.